Well, thank God for his grace and thank God that we are blessed today. And I pray that as the word comes forth, that it will really, it will really bless you today. Um, God began to speak to me about some very uh, important things from his word today. And as we're in the word, uh, I know that as we're going through many different uh, hurdles, as it were, and some difficulties and struggles and, and just a lot of changes, God has something to say to us to bring comfort to us, to bring strength to us. And I want to bring a word to you from a very familiar passage of Scripture. You probably heard it when you were a child if you were raised in Sunday school or church. It's about Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den. In Daniel chapter 6, I want to just, just kind of walk through some things today that the Lord wants us to hear on uh, what it really means to survive the lion's den. Uh, we, we're, we're in a place right now where it, it, it seems as though um, it's like a lion-like time where it's very ferocious, it's very um, scary. And, and you know that sometimes when we are in seasons like this, we, we certainly are afraid. It's natural to be afraid. And sometimes, you know, unfortunately, people are consumed by the season we're in. They're overwhelmed by it. And as we look at this passage in Daniel chapter 6, you want to get your Bible, and if you don't have it open already, we're going to be looking at this, this passage of Scripture. And I'm going to be going down and reading some of the passages of the passage and, and the verses with you today because we want to start seeing what it really means when it comes to surviving the lion's den. God has called us not to be victimized by the circumstances that we're in. He, he's called us that we're able to be victorious. This is our year to overcome. Can you put that in the chat box? This is our year to overcome. Uh, back in November, we said this is the time that, that God has called us. And, and as we closed out the year and kind of focused on 2020, who knew that we were going to end up in a global pandemic? God knew. I didn't know. But he spoke to me and said, you know, call this the year. We are overcomers. And God wants us to survive the lion's den. He wants us to survive the times that we're in. He wants us to be victorious in this season of difficulty. Just a little background about Daniel. And Daniel lived out his life in a situation not unlike our own. See, Daniel was a godly man trying to live out his, his faith in a very paganistic society called Babylon. Um, to say that he survived it is an understatement. He actually had victory over it. But when we look at Daniel as he lived in Babylon, he's there from the time he's a teenager. He's probably 14 years old. And he ended up living in Babylon all the way till he was 90 years old to the time of his death. He was in his 90s when he died. But the thing about Daniel, Daniel remained consistent. He remained a, a man of honesty. He remained a man of commitment from the time he was a teenager to a very old man. There's some things that God wants to tell us here in this passage that will help us survive the lion's den. Let's go to Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. The Bible says, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule th throughout the kingdom, with the three administrators over them, and one whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them, so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel was so distinguished himself among the administrators 
and the satraps by his, notice, exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So here we have a promotion. Uh, uh, Daniel is promoted to a very prominent place in the kingdom. Uh, as, he's, as he's, you know, just kind of serving over time, there was something that Darius saw in him that he wanted him to be one on his leadership, his leadership crew. He had, a, he had positions for three people, and Daniel was one of the three. But the thing that was interesting about this, that Daniel was not there just because he had great talents, but he was there because God had a very strategic plan in, to put in place. There was a purpose by which Daniel was to fulfill. And, and so God brought him strategically to a position. Do you know that God wants to bring you into some very strategic places? Very strategic times that we're in. And God wants to be position each and every one of us in this season so that we can actually do what he calls us to do, to make a difference in the lives of people. And so when, when Daniel was promoted and he was appointed to this position, he was appointed head even among the other two guys. And so we see here that the two guys didn't like it. And so a plot ensues. They decide that, you know what, Daniel, we, we don't want you in that position. You know, you're not really one of us. You're not a native of Babylon. You're actually an exile that had, we had brought you here from another country. And so why should we let you be the person who's in control of everything? You see, Darius wanted somebody in place who was honest. He wanted somebody in place who had integrity. He wanted somebody in place that he could trust and not steal from him. And so in Daniel chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, it tells us that it says, At this the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they weren't able to do so. They could not find no, listen, no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. No, he wasn't corrupt and he wasn't negligent. You know, Daniel not only had integrity, but he paid attention to details. And so he could be trusted in such a position. And do you know that God wants to bring us in places where we, he, we, he can trust us and other people can trust us because we're honest, but also we pay attention and we're not careless and we're not neglectful. And verse 5 says, finally these men said, we'll never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel unless it is something to do with the law of his God. And so the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, may the king Darius live forever. The royal administrators, uh, perfects, and the satraps and advisors and the governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone, notice, who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown in the lion's den. Here's the plot. The plot is that they know that Daniel is doing something that causes him to actually thrive. We've been talking about this one thing for the several weeks, and it's called prayer. 
Daniel was a man of prayer. He was an honest guy. He paid attention to detail. But notice, they focus in on an aspect of his life that he did consistently, and that was prayer. So they set it up. They said, if we get the, the king to actually issue an edict, we can catch him. Because we know one thing about Daniel, he always prays. He may not make a mistake on the books, and we can't find corruption in him, but one thing we know, he prays. And so when he violates this edict, we got him. And so it leads us into this predicament. The predicament is the, the, the thing that happens is that, that Daniel, while he is going to pray, they know that he's going to pray and they catch him. Let's look at verse 10. It says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. Daniel didn't compromise because there was a 30-day edict or a 30-day decree that was put out on him that no one should pray. He didn't compromise at all. He, he actually did what he normally did in the past since he was a kid. He prayed three times a day. And so when it comes to prayer, I want to ask you, what would happen if they said, you can't pray anymore? What, what would happen if they said they're going to lock you up in jail if you, don't pray, if you pray? What, what, would, what would you do if they said, if we catch you praying, we're going to throw you in the lion's den? I know probably what I would do. I would probably may think twice. I might say, you know, um, I've been praying since I was 14 years old all the way up into my 80s, because he's in his 80s now. If I miss a month of prayer, that's not a big deal, do you think? When you look at every day for three times a day and learning how to pray and praying before God and calling upon God since you were 14 years old and you're in your 80s, what's a month going to do? I mean, after the edict's, edict's over and after the decree is over, just go back and do what you normally do. But Daniel decided... I'm not going to stop praying because they said, or because my life will be threatened, I'm going to still pray. I'm not going to compromise. And so Daniel, he's praying. And in verse 11 said, these men went as a group. Notice that they're a group of guys, group of, group of leaders. They found Daniel what? Praying and asking God for help. In verse 12, they said, so they went to the king and they spoke to him about the royal decree. <clears throat> he said, did you not publish the decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or human being except you, your majesty will be thrown in the den? And the king answered, the decree stand in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which, I cannot, be, which cannot be repealed. In verse 13, it says, it says then, then they said to the king, Daniel, who's the one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. 
When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Notice that King Darius was like, oh my gosh, what did I do? I put out this, this edict, this decree that no one should pray to a God other than me. He says, you know, I just hired a guy who was the best of the best, the brightest. And the thing that I've done is actually going to cause him to be thrown in the lion's den. I just created a vehicle for an injustice to happen. I just, I just put in, in, into law something that was unfair to the person that I just hired. It's interesting that he now is, is really in a, in a bind. He's in a predicament. He's, a, he's in a moment where he's like, oh, no, what did I do? But he had to commit to the decree as the king, and he couldn't change it. And so here we are in chapter 6, verse 17. As Daniel is thrown into the lion's den, you don't see him repenting and saying, oh, I'm sorry that I prayed. You don't see him hiding from the group of guys that came to see what he was doing. He could have just stopped praying when he heard footsteps. He was caught red-handed praying. And therefore, he had to pay the price, and he has to go into the lion's den. But here's what you need to understand about the lion's den. God had a plan even for Daniel in the lion's den. Do you know that God has a plan even when you feel like you're in the lion's den? I, I, I don't know if you feel like you're in, being pressured and you feel it being pulled and you're in a dangerous situation. God is present even in the dangerous situation. Notice that prayer didn't save Daniel from going into the lion's den. We think that all the time prayer is going to save you from something difficult. But prayer also sustains you in the difficulty. So here it is. We find that there is protection. When they threw poor little Daniel in the, into the lion's den, they shut the door. They made sure that there was a stone over it so that he couldn't get out. And they sealed it with the rings of the nobles so that the situation would not be changed. Notice, they didn't want the situation to be changed. And do you know that people who may have thrown you into a lion's day don't want your situation to change? But notice in verse 18, it says, When the king returned to the palace and he spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, he couldn't sleep. Notice, the king couldn't sleep. He had a restless night. He, he couldn't sleep knowing that he put Daniel in the lion's den. You know, he had a rough night. But if you look at the passage, you find that when Daniel's in the lion's den, in verse 20, he said, he came near, when he came near to the lion's den, he called Daniel in an anguishing voice. He said, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And as he's listening, he doesn't know what's going to happen next. And Daniel's voice cries out to him. Daniel answers. 
He says, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They did not hurt me. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent. Notice, I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and he gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted out of the den, no wound was found on him because he trusted in his God. Daniel is now in a place where the expectation is from the king that he's totally consumed. And he's in a den with hungry lions. You know, I, I, I have a cat, so I can imagine how, how, how these lions were so hungry. I mean, you know, when our cat gets hungry, it's kind of funny that he just turns on this, this meowing thing. And not only does he turn on the meowing thing, he begins to kind of rub, his rub himself against your legs. He kind of agitates you. I often wonder what might happen if this little eight to 10 pound adult cat turned into a lion. I might not be here talking with you because here's what's gonna happen. Lions, lions, uh, they, they just kind of pounce on their prey, consume their prey. These are hungry lions. Instinctively, they're going to want to eat whatever is walking around, whether it's a human being or an animal, because lions just do that. And they knew it. So they're gonna, they, they expected Daniel to be totally consumed. In fact, the king said, hey, Daniel, are you in there? And Daniel said, yes, not only am I in here, I'm alive. And you know why he was alive? Because an angel came down, and the angel came down right in the lion's den. Do you know that God will come down in your situation? He will send the angel, the message, the word of the Lord. See, an angel is a messenger. The word came down. The message came down. The deliverance came down. The healing came down. God is a God who will enter into situation that we have that are so devastating that can be so crippling because he knows our hearts. He knew Daniel's heart. And the angel decided to put the lions on a fast. I mean, instinctive fast. I mean, a fast that was just like, wow, this is going to be a defined, a defined finding moment for these lions. They have never fasted before, but they're going to fast right now because they're not going to eat my servant, Daniel. And you might feel that you're being consumed by a lot of things that are happening now. And maybe some things are eating at you. But let me just tell you something. God is a God who will never forsake the righteous. Daniel is now very much alive. The king calls to him. He answers. And now comes the shift of power. Look at this. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 24 to 28, he says, At the king's command, uh, the men who falsely accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and their children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then, that, then King Darius wrote to all the nations and all the peoples, every, every language and all the earth, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that every part of my kingdom 
people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His kingdom will never end. He rescues and saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. And he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. And the Bible says, so, so Daniel prospered, verse 28. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and reign of Cyrus the Persian. It's a shift of power. That power begins to shift because Daniel, who is now in a place where you say, oh, my gosh, he's, in, he's, he's been victimized. It's, it's unjust for him to be in prison with these lions dropped in a hole. But the tables turned because the men who planned evil for Daniel, the tables now shifting and turning. Do you know that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper? That every tongue that rises up against you shall fall? That sometimes we fret and we worry about what is happening to us and not understanding that God is also a God who can shift the power. He can bring somebody up and he can take somebody down. Look at this. These men who had Daniel thrown in the den who conspired against them, they now are now finding themselves in the place where Daniel was. But here's the difference. They didn't have a knowledge in a relationship with God like Daniel did. And so you, if, you, if you look at this, it's very interesting. The Bible tells us that before they hit the floor, the lions consumed them. You know, those lions were extra hungry because they were on a fast. So can you imagine they were hungry when Daniel was in there and the angel wouldn't let them eat? But now they're really hungry. And so by the time these men, and not only did they drop them in there, they dropped their wives and they dropped their children. Do you know God is a God of justice? These are God's justice. We see this happening. The tables are turned. The false accusation and the lies have been overthrown. And so there are three lessons that I'd like to leave with you as I close this message. What can we learn from Daniel being thrown in the lion's den, being delivered, and the powers that shift on the enemy? Well, number one, it's important that you don't compromise. It's important that you don't compromise. Daniel never compromised. He never flinched when they said, you know, we don't want anybody to pray. And if you pray, you've got to pray to the God of man that man has created. You've got to pray to the king. You don't pray to God. He said, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to be doing exactly what I've been doing since I was a teenager. The second thing is Daniel was committed and devoted to prayer. We see not only was he unwilling to compromise his values, but he was also committed and devoted to prayer. Notice, how many times did he pray a day? Three. That's, I think that's pretty good devotion, don't you think? It's, it's important that you are committed, committed to what you believe. 
you're committed to God and you're committed to the spiritual disciplines that will strengthen your life. We don't have church right now where we can come together, but that doesn't mean you don't commit yourself to prayer or commit yourself to worship or commit yourself to reading God's word. We're believers, whether we have a building or not. We're called to commit ourselves. The early church, the reason why they were able to be a people that are unified in Jerusalem at the time when there was such persecution was because in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it tells us, and as you read down that passage, it says that they, they gave themselves to the teaching of the apostles, to the breaking of bread, that is communion, but also they devoted themselves to fellowship and to prayer. And so in these times that are so ferocious and difficult and problems and COVID-19 and downturn of the economy, let's not lose our devotion to prayer. Third thing was, and final, he was consistent. He was consistent. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. Well, how do you do that? You live in the attitude of prayer. His attitude never changed in relationship to his God worship and praying before him. He was consistent all the way through. His character was consistent all the way through. And you know, it's not easy to be consistent in such uncertain times and such change. To be honest with you, there's some days I say, you know, this is, this, I don't really feel like it today. But I'm reminded even as I read these men and women in scripture, prophetess like Anna, Daniel, they, they, they were people who were consistent. In the New Testament tells us that Anna, she was stayed in the temple and she prayed until the Messiah came. We need to understand that God is looking not only for us to pray, but to pray consistently. And so today, how are you surviving your lion's den? Are you being consumed by accusation? Are you being consumed by the fact that somebody treated you wrong? Or are you going to be consistent and say, God, I'm innocent before you. And I know that you have the power to shift things and turn the tables. God has a plan for you. God has a promotion for you. God has a strategic place for you. But he wants you to be able to survive the lion's den and commit yourself even again to what makes a person survive that, and that is prayer. So today I would like to pray. I would like to offer prayer. And maybe you're, you're having trouble with your consistency and you're having difficulty with your having this value of prayer. Maybe it's not at the top of your list. And I want to pray that you'll put prayer and put relationship with God at the top of your list. That when before, just when your feet hit the, hit the, hit the floor in the morning, that you'll say, God, I, I bless you. I worship you. That you will be a part of, of a community of faith where you can join in and be strengthened. Daniel was a man who was devoted, and he didn't compromise, 
and it was consistent. So let's join in prayer. How about that? Father, thank you for this, this time and this morning that we come to you. Lord, we just thank you for the life of Daniel. And Lord, even as we are living in a day where our faith is being challenged in so many ways, in so many arenas, Lord, I pray that we don't compromise. I pray we don't live a life where we have one foot in and one foot out. I pray that we'll be committed to our testimony and to the testimony of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that we won't be ashamed of him, because if we are ashamed of him, he said, I'll be ashamed of you. Thank you, Lord, for Daniel, who was not ashamed to pray. So, Lord, we pray for that commitment to be in all of our lives, that we make a commitment, a fresh commitment, Lord, to seek your face. We're in troubling times. And so, Lord, even at this moment, Lord, as you begin to speak as you begin, Lord, to minister to us, thank you, Lord, that even in moments where we are facing trouble, personal problems, and it would seem, Lord, the lions are going to eat us alive. We thank you, Lord, for the angel of the Lord that encamps round about us. Thank you for your word. I pray, Father, that we'll be consistent and faithful and pray to you. And just, Lord, be uh, day after day, Lord, may we just day after day seek your face. Not only seek your face when we're in trouble, but seek your face when everything is going well. Thank you, Lord, for speaking. Thank you, Lord, for challenging our hearts to survive the lion's den. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're listening to this word today, and we just thank you for tuning in. And we thank you for being a part of our worship experience today, but perhaps you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. I'd like to offer him to you. Maybe you're going through some difficulties, some trouble, and it would seem like it's a lion's den. But I want to let you know that God is a God who doesn't just leave us. He's not, he's not a fair-weather God that just stands and just kind of says, Wow, um, I'm only going to be around when you have some good times. But I thank God that he's around when I have troubling times. And so today, wherever you are, wherever you're watching from, if you desire to have Jesus in your life and you want to open the door of your heart, if you want to, and you say, Lord, I, I desire to have this relationship with God, I want to lead you in prayer that you might receive Christ as your personal Savior. So would you do that now? And let's pray. Say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus. I come to you today. I thank you because, Lord, you are truly God. You are truly God alone. Thank you for coming to earth. Thank you for being crucified. Thank you for being buried. And, Lord, we thank you for rising again. I ask you, Lord, to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for making me your child. I bless you. I praise you for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, we'd like you to go to our website at alccambridge.org. You can go to the info uh, email and you can just put in that you receive Christ today. We'll, we're glad to share with you, follow you up, and just uh, set you on a pathway that you can be 
all that God has called you to be and that you can have this rich relationship with Christ. So if you do that, we're, we're happy to, we're, pray, we're praising God that you join the family of God. So at this time, we want you to stay tuned. We have more to share with you. We have some exciting things that we have for you to, to know Abundant Life and what we're doing here. And uh, we want you to stay tuned for more. God bless you and make you a blessing.